Hello, hello, and welcome back to another week of Kent and the Steering Team. No, fuck this. It's fine. Keep it recording. Out of mental blank. Out of mental blank. <laughs> Keep recording, Bianco. I haven't okay. pressed a thing. Yeah, no, yeah, okay, we good. Alright, three. Well, no, I not, can't do the countdown when... Oh, are we going to clap again? Jesus. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah. Three, two, one. Why were they one, two, three? They were so out, it was so bad. <laughs> turn off videos. Turn off the video. It's, 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 it's slowing down the... the it's... I'm turning off my video. It's slowing down the Yeah, I've the, turned the mine internet. off. I've turned mine off. <laughs> I can't turn mine off. No I don't videos, know how. Just countdowns and claps. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there you did it. You did the thing. Okay, are we ready? Yeah. I like how it's not me stuffing it up this Three. Way. No, no, no. It's not me. No. My no. clap's perfectly timed with Drew on my end. I what? heard mine, and then I watched Phil do his three seconds later, and Bianca was another three seconds after yeah, that. Bianca's one took forever. I was like, why hasn't Bianca <laughs> clapped yet? And it froze, too, and then it happened. Okay. Mine sounded right, right, right. perfectly in time with go. yours. <laughs> okay, ready? Three, two, one... Hello, hello, and welcome back to another week of Kent and the Steering Team. As always, you are joined by myself, Drew, my good mates, Phil and Bianca. Unfortunately, Kent can't be here this week. He's actually just around the river bend. Anyway, on with the show. How are we, team? We are good. Yep, we're doing just fine. Uh, we're we're uh, all practicing getting our clapping in sync over the, the joys of technology, and it's going swimmingly. Third time's the charm, might I add. Um, I'm wondering how much of that you're going to leave in, actually. Yeah, that's uh, what we'll I was thinking the entire time. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I, I, I always enjoy the, um, you know, it's funny, we, it doesn't matter if... The cold open? Not just that, but even if we try and not have kind of a radio voice or like a um, like a recording voice, we all do. We all tend to just change the way we talk slightly. And I hate the fact that that's the way it is. But I love the fact that as soon as just the, those seconds before we clap in order to sync up our audio, we're just our normal selves. And just how casual it is, you know, that especially the fact that we had to clap three times. It just yeah, I like I like that. That was good. It wasn't my fault. Feels like it was school delayed. days again. Yeah, exactly. Just uh, messy, but uh, real. Yep. Uh, we got a bit of an episode this week, don't we? We do have a little bit of an episode, that's for sure. Yeah, I, f I feel like we, we almost did a rehearsal. It, that's how it felt before, as we were mapping out uh, a very... How did the idea come about? Oh, uh, oh of course. Uh, today's news. That, that's how. Yes, trending on Twitter. Um yes. Well, look, we've got we've got the aforementioned topic that we'll get to in a minute. We've also got a couple of other things to bring up. There's been a couple of celebrity deaths this week, and tragic, to tragic, bring us tragic right, deaths. Yes, and, and I'm gonna not express it that way just yet because I don't feel like crying at the beginning of an episode. Um, Never mind me, I'm just kneeing my desk. Um, and then Philip has a very funny anecdote, I believe. Mm -hmm. 
if I remember correctly, yep. to bring us right around. And of course, we will have a sick Kent of the week. But I think for now, we're going to hand it over to Bianca, who has a little bit of trending on Twitter news that's going to dive us into our first topic. Um, so, today, Ruby Rose, who was the star of Batwoman, the CW stick TV series, has announced that she will not be returning to season two, despite the fact that it's been picked up. Uh, they, wow. yeah, it's um a bit of a it's it's a bit of a massive the deal because she is the titular 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 I can't say that word main character main character of the series. She is Batwoman, of course, and she's been playing Batwoman in the Arrowverse for a bit over a year now. And, um, yeah, decided to leave. Um, I'm going to assume it's because of some mental health issues because she doesn't have the best go of it. But Mm. um, rather than cancel the series, because the CW obviously has plans within plans with all of the Arrowverse shows, they are going to recast. They're going to get a new actress to play Kate Kane. How do you think that's going to play out? You're, you're, you're the one out of the three of us. You're the one that follows the Arrowverse and, and the DC television universe quite closely. Um, it hasn't been done before in such a main character. Uh, and it hasn't been done before outright in this universe. Um, the CW are quite happy to play with, um, evil siblings and gender bending and, um, other ways in which they can replace characters. So they've had in the past, um, Black Canary, uh, was killed off, um, her sister, well, no, firstly, they had Black Canary played as by a new character who was the original Black Canary's sister. Um, Mm. then they had... They killed Black Canary off, then they replaced Black Canary with a new version of Black Canary, which kind of twisted the original version of it. So they've done all of this kind of stuff to avoid outright saying it's a recast. Um, They did this because um, I think, I don't really know, there was a bit of a thing with Katie Cassidy, but whatever it was... um, yeah, they've always played around with it. They've never outright done it. And I think that it's going to be a weird one because it's... Despite uh, Ruby Rose being not that great of an actress, I will admit. Um, you've seen her in other things, I think. Um, she was in a lot of... She was in the, uh, the a Vin Diesel movie, which should just explain it. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, the triple yeah. X, whatever it was. Um, so she's not the greatest actress, but I think from her first episode to what I've seen in the late latest episodes, she's really gotten into the role and she's really become the character. And I, I don't think that, I I think it'll be hard for me to see someone else play her, to be honest. Hmm. And she looks so similar to the actress who plays Alice, who in the show is her twin sister. So it kind of works. And I, I really like their dynamic together because they do have a great chemistry on screen. And that's pretty much what the show's about. It's a story about these two twin sisters, one who became, becomes Batwoman and one who becomes essentially a version of the Joker. Um, 
Alice, and yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a shame to see her go. Yeah. <laughs> I no, think that's... what's... Drew, continue. No, you, you got this. No, I, I was just well, I was just going to say that I think it's interesting that that it's that it's happening that they're in this situation. I think with mm. all, whenever this happens, um, you know, it's kind of that that difficult one of do you acknowledge the change, which they most of the time don't, and just 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 you know they kind of say it is what it is. Let's just move on. This is the way it is. But I feel like, especially in the medium of television and movies, unlike books, where it doesn't matter because it's not a real person playing the character. To have the change, it, it's it's so the visual is is the most important part of television and movies. So therefore, when we see the person change, it becomes like the person's a different person. So we don't know how, and the voice is different. So we don't we struggle to kind and the of acting is different. accept. Yeah, so we struggle mm. to to accept it. You know, take Dumbledore um, from the Harry Potter so- series when um, uh, goodness, whose name escapes me. Um, the True. original episode, original Dumbledore died. Yeah, yeah. Philosopher's uh, Stone yep. and Chamber of Secrets. Uh, Nathan, uh, Dumbledore it, was died. It, was it Nathan? Nathan? Was it Nathan? I don't know. I can't remember his name. I'm, I I feel Who? bad that I've forgotten his name. And who played the original Dumbledore? Sorry, Richard Harris. Oh, Richard, Richard Harris. Harris. What I think Nathan. No one. I don't knows. know why. No one knows why. I don't Richard know. Harris. Richard Harris. When Richard Harris died. Um, and they replaced him with Michael Gambon. Very different character was played. Yes, that has something to do with the way the director wanted them to play, but also it's a different character. You played to the character's strengths, so they had to do it differently. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah, look, look, it's... And they, it's... They, they went about it completely different ways. Richard Harris played the more wizened old... Well, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But in saying that, because I'm rereading the books uh, as well at the moment, which you still are too, Philip. Um, some of the more serious scenes at the end of Harry Potter, like in the five and six, I'd say yeah. when he's actually like dueling Voldemort and, you know, um, going to uh, what's the island where Voldemort's soul is and he has to go battle all the creatures and all that. I don't know if I could necessarily see Richard Harris, may he rest in peace, doing that. Um, I, uh, I think it would have been tricky. But his version of Dumbledore. I, I think. I think what. I think the difference as well is that, um, the, there, there seems to be that the Michael Gambon Dumbledore seems to be able to have a little bit more kind of, um actual conscious joking whereas um richard harris's one seems to be a little bit more just yeah as you said bianca wise and kind of like maybe not altogether like you know not there and everything you know a bit a bit absent-minded in some ways you know it just feels like they um uh michael gambon's one's a little bit stronger of a of a person and feels more tough and like you know whereas the other one seems a little bit more older and and in his twilight yeah, so he had more of an air of authority yeah. about him compared yeah. to uh, Harris. And I just, I, I think mm. they both equally had different, they were both like different things that I saw in Dumbledore when I was reading Dumbledore growing up. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right, you're right. They're, they're playing, they're playing, they're playing two different um, character traits of the same person. Yeah. That's how they got it. That's how they did it with that one. Yeah. Um, 
moving from Dumbledore then, Drew, do you have... I mean, we spoke... Because, again, I was walking back from the shops, Bianca was finish, finishing reading Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, and you were on your way home, and we were talking about what we should talk about in the episode, and we started getting to this topic and talking about the list, and we started just spilling through... As we always do, we, we don't save things for on air. We always just talk about Actually, it in completeness I beforehand. So... Okay, okay. Well, I'm glad, oh, I'm glad to hear that. I then, try. Well done. Well, someone's actually, someone's on it. <laughs> well, thankfully, a number of the ones that we've actually listed are in this wonderful article from none other, none other than Cosmopolitan. Oh, nice. Well, there you go. Um, yes. The one I mentioned was the one I mentioned was War Machine. Uh, whoever I can't remember the actors that play War Machine or um, oh, Iron um, Patriot or whatever their the name goes by in Iron Man. So Terrence, yeah, Howard. Terrence Howard and yes, Terrence Howard and Don yes. Cheadle. Yeah, there this you go. is yeah. a yeah. random That's thing, but yeah. Terrence Howard has a micro penis, and I I only know this because he's butt naked in a film, and it's just really weird to see him and know that he like I can't watch movies with in with him in it without. Acknowledging the fact that he has a micro hang on, hang on, <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. You mean the guy with the weird kind of slightly blue eyes? Yeah, like him. Yeah, original, original, original Iron, um, Patriot. Iron Patriot. War Machine has, has, a, has a. He's also he. I you can, unlike Don Cheadle, who who you can kind of tell is kind of taking things with a grain of salt and being slightly um, sarcastic and witty and kind of humorous and, and but also very serious and still all the time. Um, the other guy, I can't remember his name already. Terrence Howard. Um, he, <laughs> he seems to be less willing to have a joke and laugh. Like he yeah, just seems he... like, he seems like a, the wrong casting for the role. Cause he doesn't seem like he's able to take Tony Stark's shit enough. He seems like when he walks into the room, he already expects to be the butt of the joke. That, but also he just doesn't seem like he's having a good time. I think he was nah, trying to be too serious for the role in regards to a role in which the, the whole movie well, was a, improvised. A, like, it wasn't... He's hmm. also a classic case of he was the second choice. So Don Cheadle was always their first choice, but he wasn't available. So they went and got Terrence Howard. And then Terrence Howard asked and... for the same amount of money as... Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. And they were like, the and then Don Cheadle happened to be available. So they were like, well, bye-bye. We will give Don Cheadle more money and it will still be less than Robert Downey Jr. And he'll do yeah. it. <laughs> why would they think, why would he think that he would be entitled to the same amount of money as the lead character? He made a gamble in Hollywood and failed. <laughs> Pretty much. Anyway, I just I don't find him a very, I don't find him very enjoyable because I always feel like he's no. like slightly not interested in being an actor and more annoyed at the fact that he's having. I'm not to do gonna the job. lie; it's probably has to do with his micro penis. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Every time he's on screen, oh, I just like God. that dude has a micro penis. Well, there's photos of it. You can Google this. <laughs> I, I, I feel like he just muddles through Iron Man knowing that he's the second choice. And yeah. It, I find that to be a really interesting case, and it's very similar to a case of my favourite movie, Back to the Future, wherein mm -hmm. Michael J. Fox was the first choice for Marty McFly, but was unavailable because of family ties. He couldn't get out of it, 
and so they're like, okay, we have to go to someone else. They went with Eric Stoltz, which they thought was, you know, going to be quite a good option. Eric Stoltz had just come off doing Mask, which was gearing up to be a big awards contender. And they mm-hmm. thought, oh, they could ride the wave and have him in this this big blockbuster film that was coming. And they got through shooting for a few weeks. They, they were about halfway through shooting the film and they realized it wasn't working. And they went to Fox and went, right, how can we get you to come and make this movie? Please, we, we need you to come along. And so they found a way to get Michael J. Fox to actually shoot the film. And they had to let Eric Stoltz go halfway through shooting the movie. So they had to go back and reshoot the entire thing with him. You know what's... Um, well, if, if it worked, it worked. Like, well, he had Leah to, Thompson yeah. and Eric Stoltz are IRL best friends. And, like, mm. it's always been, apparently, I mean, from what I've seen in interviews, it's always been a bit of a point of contention when Leah Thompson is asked about it. And she's like, well, I love Eric. You know, like, we did the whole thing with Eric and it was actually quite a different movie with Eric. And she'll, like, kind of defend him to a bit, but... Yeah, like, it's a bit of a point of contention for her. It's interesting, isn't it? What a tough situation. I, yeah. Have you ever seen any of the footage with Eric Stoltz? No, what's it like? I mean, at what what point do they get it to, though? Is it it still, like, um, you know, un-kind of um, unfiltered, unedited raw footage or is it edited and released as in they've kind of shown what it would have been like? It's pretty... Deleted scenes. Well, there's kind of well, stuff. well, you can, yeah. It's like looking at deleted scenes. It, it's interesting because tonally it does feel different because Eric Stoltz played Marty a little differently, and he feels mm-hmm. a, a little edgier and a little less funny, I guess, mm-hmm. a little less quirky, funny. He's mm. he's a good actor. He's a very good actor, but he's very different to Michael J. Fox, and I can't quite imagine the whole movie being Eric Stoltz. I, I've never been able to picture that, really. But, um, but also in what a, Back to the Future, yeah. Crispin Glover. Yeah. Of and course. Jeffrey Crispin Glover plays... Wiseman. Crispin Glover. Yeah. Crispin Glover was... Father. Uh, George McFly in the first movie. However, he... I, was, it, was it money or was it... I think just awkward him him being the weird dude that he is because he is a really I weird think it dude was a bit of that on the but I think roles. it was also he liked what was happening with Stoltz like he liked the more serious side of it from what this is again yeah. other things that I've heard in interviews like Crispin Glover liked the original more and then when it got recast he would kind of got put into a bad like not a bad mood he didn't want it to get recast i don't think he has anything against michael j fox i think he just preferred the original yeah he's he's a weird one he is weird i love him but geez he's weird so they recast (laughs) him for number two and that's why in the future he's in this back brace that has him hanging upside down because it made it easier to mask the fact that they had a different actor playing well um he wears Wiseman would wear prosthetics to look more like Glover so they tried yeah very hard but 
No. I, yeah, they figured it out in the end, I think. Can we, very brief tangent, because I, I just really want to highlight this. That sequence where the, where the whole family gets together for dinner in Back to the Future Part 2. Michael J. Fox plays Marty. He plays Marty Jr. Mm-hmm. And he plays Marty's daughter. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that scene. How I people didn't notice that. It's... I remember very distinctly I, I would have been... I must have been like six or seven years old watching the movie because I watched it from a very, very early age. And I remember we had the whole family over, like, the extended family, and Dad and my uncles are watching it with me, and they're explaining it to, to me at that age, going, that's Michael J. Fox. And I'm like, what? That's him. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Blows the mind of a child to, to know well, that. Oh. Well, Drew, that, but that was like me when I was watching um, The Nutty Professor. And, and yeah! They said that, and, and they said that oh, Eddie Murphy plays basically everyone. And I was like, oh, really? Like, even this son and everything? And I couldn't understand the concept that, no, no, no. Like, you can tell who Eddie Murphy is. Yeah. Um, and oh. I was also like in Austin Powers. It took me a long time when I was younger to realize that it was Austin. That it was uh, Mike Myers playing Doctor Evil everyone. as well. And and in fact, when in, when it got to, I, I I'm embarrassed to say that when it got to Goldmember, even so, 2002, I still didn't understand that it was him playing everyone. Actually, and, and fat I bastard and, and and fat bastard, and I thought that it yeah. was uh, that it was Mike Myers playing. Um, Nigel Powers as well when it obviously it wasn't but I was like I was like wow how does they make him look like that it's like no you stupid well no I never knew I didn't know Mike Myers played all of them I didn't know who Mike Myers was when I first watched um, all the Austin Power movies because I watched him as a kid as well with my parents and stuff and I have never been interested in actors and actresses like it's not even like Mm -hmm. it doesn't really click on me it, it kind of does like I'm like oh I've seen them in something else but it was just never I didn't really care who they were and because of all the prosthetics I I that? never looked past that and I legitimately thought there were like three actors in it I just thought they were all different people mm. I think during the last mm. one I realized that um, Fat Bastard was Mike Myers but I still didn't realize Dr. Yeah. Evil was can I can I also just say as an extra little extra tangent? Yes. Um, I remember when I first watched um, what's the movie the the movie where the, my ex wife's an axe wielding murderer or whatever it is. Oh, um, is that the the one with uh, Mike Myers? So I married an axe murderer. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I remember being like, "This is an Austin Powers." I remember just being like, "Why is he so different?" And yeah, that, uh, stupid me. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's. <laughs> Let's now, like, Inception Let's... and bring ourselves out of the all these deeper and deeper levels. Yeah. Drew, you have a list of actors that have been changed or recast. Yeah, so I'm going to flick through really quickly. We'll pause on the ones that are that are worth pausing on. Um, the kid from Jane the Virgin got changed in the fourth Never season. Um, uh, the love interest in the Goldbergs. Alison Stark from Till Death. Now, do you remember Till Death? That was... Uh, no. It, it, it was a sitcom starring Brad Garrett and Jolie Fisher, and it I, I remember it being on TV, I remember we watched a few episodes here and there, but the reason I'm pausing on this is because it's really funny, the daughter of the main couple was recast throughout the show a total of four times. See, that happened a Why lot to Why did they have such inconsistency? 
because after the f- they would yeah, yeah. either like have to age them up for storylines or they would grow mm. too old and they hadn't moved that far in the timeline yet they kids got recast all the time in sitcoms especially in like well, the well, 70s 80s well, and 90s well bianca we uh, not not sitcom but but we saw them get recast in um round the twist as you mentioned yeah um, round yeah the twist. when they on brought the show back years later they had to but recast. see that again was because um, it kept Drew getting cancelled because mm. yes, it was they, such they basically a weird had to re, show. Re, re, get the group together. Yeah, it was such a weird show that <laughs> like, everyone was like, it's not going to last. So they cancelled it. And then I think the second yeah. one, they were planning only to bring it back for one season. But then it was so popular that they brought it back for two seasons seven years later. So all of the adults are actually the same. I think the father is recast. Mm. The original father is recast. I think the father got recast yeah, once. Yeah, but unlike everyone, yeah. all the kids who... The yeah. first season and the second season have different kids and then the third season has different kids again. Um, Drew, the... Uh, the um, was it Marissa's sister in, in the OC? Yes, and Shailene that's on this Woodley list as well. and Willa Holland. I know that one for yes. some reason. Yes, well, Willa Holland's part of the Arrowverse Yes. And Shailene Woodley Um, has gone on to do many great things. Including all her activism work, which is fantastic. I... The interesting thing with this this particular recast of four, four different actresses is that... Where is it? After the first three changes, the show started referencing the actress swaps on screen. So, for the first two seasons, the daughter was played by Kristen Ritter, which is just really I love cool. Kristen Ritter. Um, I, I do Who's too. Kristen Ritter? Um, uh, she's Pinkman's girlfriend in Breaking Bad. Not the not the later one, the one that kills herself. Yeah, okay. And Jessica Jones. Okay. Um, and Jessica Jones, of course. Um, after that, you have Laura Cleary playing the role for season three. So we've got Kristen Ritter for seasons one and two, Laura Clary for season three, and then Kate Micucci taking on the role for the fourth and fifth season. Oh, as in uh, ukulele Kate Micucci. Gooch. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know why I know her as the ukulele lady, but anyway, yeah, Gooch. Because that's, really? because that's her Are thing. Are you serious? She plays ukulele in her group, Garfunkel yes. Oates. Yeah, yeah nobody's serious. Nobody's serious. That's her. Yeah. Oh, okay. Of course. Yeah. Uh, okay. What else have we got? Um, Mandy Milkovich from Shameless. I uh, think. Um, Toby Cavanaugh from. I think one of the yeah. biggest ones that like was a massive thing for the eighties was um, Aunt Viv, French Fresh Prince of Bel Air. She's in my list somewhere here as well. Yeah, Janet Hubert Witten Some, somewhere in here. Um, got replaced. Yep. I can't remember her name. Uh, Reed something Reed, but she oh uh, Daphne Daphne Reed. She yeah got replaced because she wanted to get paid as much as Will another one, who was like <laughs> good good and one. she thought Will Smith was quite arrogant. And she complained to the producers about it. But in, mm. I think that the, I think that that's arrogance to to 
assume yeah. that you're worth as much as the lead. That's yeah. that's a that's a a big mistake on your part in in understanding what or not understanding where your characters are. Um, just quickly though, Drew. You, you, yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's not called the auntie of the freshman. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned you mentioned that the that um, you know, the 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 actor change started getting referenced on screen. I, I mentioned yeah. to you guys that when back when I was a kid watching Home and Away, when I was still stupid enough to actually watch that pointless garbage. Um, they did it. They changed one of the the main characters. The name was Flynn of the character, and they changed him to be someone completely different. It was a surfer looking dude. And then suddenly, it was a very straight, like kind of like business kind of looking man. And uh, and then they had Alf, the old man Alf, just go, "Oh, Flynn, you got a new haircut." And it's like, no, they didn't. It's a different person, you stupid idiot. And I was just like, what on earth is this? It's not the same person. I'm so confused by it. Anyway, continue. A little this. kid getting mad at it. Um, okay, yeah, next one annoying. is a great one. Meg from Family Guy. So most people yeah. know it as know Meg as Mila Kunis, but of course, very early on, Lacey Chabot was the voice of Meg. Party of yes. Five. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, and her Party of Five commitments are what ruled her out of continuing on as Meg. Well, Party of Five also um, had a uh, child replacement but what they did was aged him up dramatically like the kid was like two years old and then the next season he was starting kindergarten and he could talk and walk and all that kind of stuff like it was very weird we've seen heaps of shows that have done that we're gonna need to dig deep and do another episode where we just look at the it's actually called it's actually called saurus um, soap opera rapidly a- rapidly aging syndrome. Um, I, I, I know this because this is what happens on Bold and the Beautiful. If you look at the current cast of Bold and the Beautiful, they're all the kids yeah. of the original cast. But the original cast was yep. only like started about, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. So they're all the kids yeah. that have been born in the last 20, 30 years, but they're all in their 30s and 40s now. So all of these kids mm. were like kids for five minutes or like a year and then they came back as teenagers and then they would stop being teenagers and they came back in their late twenties. And Well that well that happened on Desperate Housewives did that as well. The the you know, they they when they did their time jump they suddenly had the, the twins of one of them who were children suddenly now they're teenagers and or like, you know, going to college and stuff and it's like, wait, so you jumped five years but they've gone from being like 10 year olds to being like 21 like 1920 like what how the hell yeah 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 it's actually yeah it is actually a thing called soras s-o-r-a-s yeah there you go drew anything else on your list yeah i'm seeing stuff from arrested development game of thrones um parenthood riverdale that like there's quite a few that it's still happening which is really interesting uh what are the, what's the game of friends th- uh the game of thrones Carol. one was the night king but there's actually stacks more um the night king one i remember the controversy about that i, I thought it was very silly because the character's done up in a ridiculous amount of makeup and is not a very vocal presence so i didn't see the difference no so it doesn't really matter um Beric Dondarrion was recast for Game the of Thrones. Mountain. Uh, yeah, the the mountain is in here as well. And uh, Jason from Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, Dickon came up in here. Uh, there's Aunt Vivian. 
Dario Naharis, of course. We talked about this previously, that Ed Skrine, or Screen, however we pronounce his name, um, and, and his magnificent hair, was replaced by Mikhail Hussman. Um, both of them have actually had very successful careers. It's really interesting mm. how that happened. I but wonder apparently, why, that, why was why, that a recast? Uh, I can tell you, Ed actually left it to be in Transformers. <laughs> was that a smart move? So he made it... A... No. He left to be a Transformers. Is that, the, is that the Transformers with Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Good decision, mate. <laughs> that was not... I haven't actually seen that movie. I can't actually really comment on it. He left... I... I really like him. He's a good actor, and I, I enjoyed him in um, in Deadpool, and I enjoyed him in Alita: Battle Angel. He was quite good in mm-hmm. that. Um, That's another movie I need to see. Back to our list, though. I'm seeing stuff from True Blood. Ah, of course, Laurie from that '70s show. So Christina Moore took over the role from Lisa Robin Kelly because of her alcohol problem. Yes, but she wasn't. No one liked the second Laurie as much, so she was kind of just ignored. Oh, they wrote her out pretty quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another Game of Thrones one, The Three-Eyed Raven, of course, uh, was a very small moment with the original one, and we're like, okay, yep, cool. We didn't realise how big of a presence, I, I guess those of us that were watching, not reading the books, did not realise how big of a presence he was going to have continuing on, so uh, the showrunners went ahead and recast him and brought Max von Sydow to play the role. Can I just say Game of Thrones Uh, recasts were so like I love Game of Thrones last season was odd but the the, the recasts were so terrible because it was already so hard to keep up with everyone's names like I just wanted everyone to wear a name tag. Yeah. I just. Yeah absolutely it made it so tough. There's they got know, recast, and you're like, I have no idea who this person is, and you have legitimate reason for not knowing who this person is. Can you can you imagine if you're watching a show and you had the ability to have you know how sometimes when you get the subtitles popping up and they've got like a thin little um, background behind the text to mm-hmm. make it pop out. Imagine if you had those pop up on on the character as they entered the I- scene. Just so I like, think they need oh, yeah. to do this that. Is, this is their name. Or at least... For I shows had to like watch, Game of Thrones. <laughs> I had to watch the first episode, I think, three times just to understand what the hell was going on. Because you were expected to know what was going on, and the names were all bizarre. Yeah. And there were I'd, so many characters. Yeah. And, you know, it took me until... when Just before we watched the last season, Sarah and I watched through all of it because she'd never seen it before. And it was only then that I realised who the person that... The, the person who had died, the old Hand of the King... It was only then, the fourth time of watching the first episode that I realised... No, sorry, fifth time of watching the first episode that I knew who the hell that person was. Because <laughs> I never knew. And I kept being like, who yes. is that guy? And I now I know. And he keeps but getting anyway, mentioned. Um, I actually, I agree with that. Because, like, he keeps getting mentioned throughout he, the series. He's mentioned throughout... And you're like, who absolutely. the fuck is this guy like, they're talking about? Is that? And it's the and same it's the guy dude that was the dead entire in the first time. I, like, no, I had to... Like watching it week by week was torture because I would forget oh God, what happened was. the week before. <laughs> and it's not not through any fault of my own. It's just because there were so many characters and so many mm-hmm. plots. Like I had to, those 
previously on Game of Thrones really helped me. They were just, they were really, really, really great. Absolutely. Uh, Drew. Um, yes. Rattle off um, one for me, then we'll, then we'll move on. Uh, we've, yeah. We've, time. Like, there's, time. There's, there's plenty more to go through in here. I, I uh, think I have quickly, a good one uh, for a segue, but you finish it up mm-hmm. and I'll, I've got one, a last one. I think... I think I know the one you're referring to, actually, because I was contemplating it as a segue as well. Um, okay, so very quickly, the Darren from Bewitched, and the um, part I've always found very interesting with this is that both the actors that played Darren were named Dick. Dick York and then Dick Sargent. Both were homosexual men who I'm not sure if they had come out. No, they'd taken they would role. never have so come Drew, out Drew. in that day and age. I don't age. think either of them had. Yeah. So, Drew, I, yes. I guess you could say that the producers of the show liked gay dick. <laughs> Anywho, on with the show. Um, very quickly, um, this this one's one that I, I remember from childhood. My mum telling me about this was the recasting of Catwoman in the Adam West Batman series because Julie Newmar played the role originally and then she left oh, it course. to pursue a movie role and Eartha Kitt took over and made the character immortal. Yeah, and that was um, the first time we got a black uh, Selena Kyle and it was a big deal. Exactly. And of course, we talked about this uh, previously before we recorded tonight. Becky from Roseanne. Yes, the tale of two Beckys. The tale of two Beckys, two which Beckys. decades later is still ongoing. I think it was just because um, it was so iconic that they had them playing the same character at the same time. Like both Beckys, yeah. Sarah Chalk and I can't remember the other actress's name. Um... I've got it written here. It is... Uh, Lisey Goranson. Yes, Lisey Goranson. Both of them played uh, Becky at the exact same time, I think in the last two seasons. And it was just, like, so weird. Like, one week it would be Sarah and the next week it would be... I think her name's actually just pronounced Lacey, but anyway. Yeah, so it would... They just swapped it around, and it was so weird, but it was so iconic. Why did that happen? Why did they do that? I, I'm not sure why they had them both playing at the same time, but I know that basically Lacey got let go of her contract because of um, her parents in the first season or second season, I think it was. And then Sarah well, Chalk Lacey took played Omni. it for five seasons before Sarah Chalk joined. There it. you go. So it was a long while before Sarah Chalk joined. And then I know that... Yeah. She went to uni or college, whatever the Americans do, um, and then yeah, college dropped out or left or something, and then she wanted to come back to the show, and Roseanne was just kind of like, yeah, sure. But then they also couldn't let Sarah Chalk out of her contract, and they were like, why don't you just both play it? And it weirdly worked sometimes. It's, it's like the understudy. <laughs> the Pretty understudy. much. It was like they had an understudy for the same character. And it was really weird because like the front, the opening credits to the episode would change depending which of the actresses were in it. Because like they, Roseanne <laughs> had that iconic, um, it was a camera set up in the middle of a dining table and the camera would spin around the dining yep. table showing every single character in the episode like it's showing every single character in the show at 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 the place yeah at the place setting and then like kind of passing the potatoes and all that 
So you'd kind of just yep. wait to see which Becky showed up, and that was an indication of which Becky was in the episode. <laughs> it was very, yeah, it was interesting. It's bizarre, bizarre. Uh, if you want any more information on, on that, Sarah Chalk was on Fake Doctor's Real Friends with Zach and Donald the other week and actually talked about it. They, they pressed her about it because they were talking about how they all got cast in scrubs and they both said like when they found out sarah chalk was going to be on the show they they just got excited going oh we got second becky well yeah but that that's the and, thing and that's how they that's how they referred to I, her. I think they even second did it becky. in an episode where it's like you're the other becky like they they referenced it within the episodes it was because we watched we watched um roseanne as a family growing up like that was just what we did yeah I think many families did it because like, it was that kind of show. It was designed for. Yeah, that it was the typical working class family back then, and then they got. Never seen a bit an episode. Racist later. Really. Never, never seen an episode. <laughs> <laughs> One of them got racist. Um. What do you mean got? No, that's just. Yeah, Roseanne. I was trying to say it subtly. Um. Our show's not about. Yeah, subtle. true. Actually, I have to say <laughs> the no. Connors, which is the spin-off without Roseanne Barr. Which I think kind of counts as yeah. a replacement. Um, not really. It, it it was a complete recast. Second second Roseanne. Yeah. Well. Um, <laughs> well, they just they just removed her and kept everyone else because everyone did else they, just wanted they, to keep but working. But it's a really good show. Did they kill her off? Yeah, they killed her off. They killed did her. They kill her off. That yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. And John Goodman and Sarah Gilbert and that are still. Yeah. On well, well, all so. of the original cast are still in it, except for good. Roseanne, which is. Funny because like the show Good. was originally written as well by Roseanne's ex husband, who I can't remember his name. Um, the one that was uh, in Survivor, I know, I, yeah. uh, not Survivor. I'm a celebrity. Yeah. Get me out of here, Australia. Um, he. I I like the fact that Tom I like the fact that, that Tom I like that the show That's kind it. of the sh- the show kind of came back. The show came back. You know, there was kind of like we're gonna make Roseanne again. And then after one season or whatever it was, they were like, oh, shit, she's done this stupid, pathetic, retard thing. So um, let's... Just let's, get rid uh, of it. Yeah. But yeah, it was a, it was a big deal. But I'm glad they did because it, it really is a good show, even without it. I, I like... I love all those characters, but anyway. Um, I, I think that the last one should go to... Um, uh, the father from Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld's dad, Morty, who was played by yes. Phil Bruns um, in season one and then was replaced by Barney Martin, who was the iconic uh, Seinfeld father. Did he play it in all of season well, one? Well, he was. He only appeared in one episode in season one, so yes. Right, okay. <laughs> the, the, the parents don't show up yep. in very many episodes like all of the I, I mean well it's just george and jerry's parents that only they're in the show but they which is it's funny because you feel like they're in it all the time but i guess because they're always on the phone to their parents or something that you just feel like they're there yeah and the, the parents are such iconic characters in regards to they just keep talking about them and there's a lot of plot points about them and yeah. i think well yeah, I think they just they, they they were such comedy legends. They just stole their scenes. I will never forget um, mm. Jerry Morty talking about the um, the springs in the sofa in the spare room. The, the sofa, sofa bed, bed episode. 
and just the bar in the, the bar bed. in the bed. Yeah, <laughs> I remember watching that as a child and just cracking up. <laughs> and, and Elaine being unable to walk the next. And then day. she takes the she takes the um, muscle relaxants. <laughs> And she goes up to yep. Jerry's aunt and's like, Stella. Stella. <laughs> well, that's almost a very good segue, Drew. It is. Would I think you it's suggest? a very good segue. Um, to is. our next topic, and that is that is the the sad timing. Um, it's not tragic because he, he lived a fantastically long life. Um but the sad passing of Jerry Stiller, who died last week. Eleventh of May. It was the week before, I think. We're yeah, we're yeah. we're a couple of days off. We're only nine. Yeah, so it's nine days yeah. off. But nonetheless, um, he passed. Uh, but in his time, had brought us laughs, joy, happiness, um, iconic, iconic you know, I, scenes, like. Iconic scenes. I, th- I think one of the best bloopers or outtakes from Seinfeld ever as well. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's going to go down to him as well. Um, Drew, do you want to say something, have something to say? He always made me laugh, and I think he always made everyone laugh. It, it's just, he's such a crucial part of childhood, even for us, and... We weren't, we we were, what, the third generation to really get treated to his brand of comedy. He'd started out, uh, he'd started out in comedy and then he met his wife, Anne Mira, and they became the first big husband and wife comedy act to secure a, a permanent spot on the And they were mixed for... religion, which was a big deal. They were. He was Jewish and she was Catholic, I think, and that was and she, a massive deal. She she converted to Judaism, did she not? Yes, but they still talked about her Catholicism in all their jokes. Yes, they they incorporated their mixed religions into the act, which and it became again. A, a this is the sixties story. Like it's not. Yeah. Like. My parents are Muslim and Orthodox and they got married in the 80s and that was a big deal. This is 20 years before Mm. that. It was not done. It was just very, very weird and they did it and they they rocked it, obviously. Yeah, nailed it. But... And gave us... And and gave us... Gave us... uh... A remarkable son and, uh, I mean, no doubt to them, equally remarkable daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And just... The fact that he never stopped, he he was always, always looking for a way to continue to bring the laughs, and we, we were so lucky to grow up watching him in Seinfeld, but we never, I certainly don't think when we were younger we ever stopped to think that he'd had this incredible life before that. It's only as we got older and we could learn more about what he'd done, and we're in this marvellous age now where we've got youtube and we've got the ability to look back and we are such a nostalgia filled generation that we do like to do such things Mm -hmm. and certainly based on that one of the greatest videos i've ever found on youtube and i mean this across the board one of the greatest things i've ever found on there is jerry stiller and ann mirror on a game show um 
they they're on they were the celebrity guests on a on a television game show and they were friends with the host and was it the host or one of the contestants uh, they, they were friends with someone that, that was on the show and they're having a chat about how how they're, they're all friends and they all hang out and and jerry goes into this talk about how they'd taken their son benjamin to the central park zoo and had gone and seen the lions never for any point in that would they have realized that their son grows up to be alex the lion of the central park zoo oh of course i didn't even make that connection that's really cute it's it, it is the most interesting thing. I just, oh, that that makes he, me he actually about, really oh. sad because again, I love Jerry Stiller, but that's like really adorable and wholesome. We took our son Benjamin to the Central Park Zoo and saw the lions, and it, it just I I can't believe that that moment is there, and it's fascinating, and yeah, just just back on the fact that he did so much you know in in our generation as well so we, we we were very lucky to have him playing um george's dad and then after seinfeld ended he moved straight into doing the king of which Queens, is also an iconic role exactly and he he had a lot more screen time on the king of queens of course because he, he was a central one of the central characters um playing the wife's um father and even then, like he acted for his son. He was in Zoolander one and two. He was in the Heartbreak Kid. He he would pop up in Ben's films. Can I can I just quickly say how crazy is it that yes. Jerry Stiller was only in like the latter half of the Seinfeld years? He didn't show up in the first half of it. He was an introduced. He, but he's iconic nonetheless. Yeah, he's one of. If you think about Seinfeld and you think about all the characters, you think of Jerry Stiller. I'd probably, I'd probably consider him more a part of the cast than um, the guy who played was, Morty and whose name I've escaped from me again, Bar- Barney Martin. Like, like, he was more iconic than Jerry's dad. Like, again, I love Jerry's dad. But... I don't know. It's just weird to me that he was not in as many episodes as anyone else, but he was so impactful that, yeah. I feel like they they knew they were onto a good thing having him there, but also if you notice as the later Seinfeld seasons move on, things change in regard to which characters in the, in the supporting cast that they're comfortable having on there a lot. So Jerry's parents aren't in there as much later but uncle leo is there a lot more. yeah yeah like they, they they're very picky he's there. also passed I'm, away i'm just trying to bring up when years ago but and yes. so has estelle harris who was obviously estelle costanza the, the puffy shirt is the first appearance of frank costanza and really? that is season five episode two i love the puffy shirt so you are in the second half. That's yeah, the puffy shirt. You're gonna be the first pirate, <laughs> but I don't want to be the pirate. <laughs> but the puffy shirt was great. But yeah, like he's such he's such a presence, and his presence will be sorely missed. Yeah. 
Same with someone else who we lost this week, who Philip and I had the unfortunate duty task Task of, of, yeah, task, duty of of explaining to Drew that it happened. Yep. Um, Drew. Yes. Thank you for sharing with me the death of Fred Willard. We apologize. And you know what, you know what, you know what the, you know what the, the, um, the, the, not the tough part, but what the, um, I don't know, ironic or, or whatever. I don't know what it would be. Um, I'm watching Modern Family at the moment on, you, yeah. um, on Netflix, and I've never seen all of Modern Family before. I think I've seen, I think I'd only seen about six or so episodes in total. But I'd always, I'd always intentionally avoided it because I knew that I, I wanted to go and watch it from the beginning, like and watch all yeah. of it. And so yeah. I intentionally avoided it. And then just after hearing his of his death, I then got to the episode when we first got introduced to him and saw him there. And I always knew him from Everybody Loves Raymond because I was a huge fan of Everybody Loves Raymond. So, um, yeah, but to see him see, see him on Modern Family was, was... That's the strange thing about watching someone who's who's very recently died. And, and, and I mean, I don't mean on home video or anything like that, but, but watching an actor or a star who's just died and, and then seeing them straight away on film and talking and being the role that, you know, that you know them as at all or whatever. It's, yeah, it's a strange one, but I um, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to say, but the fact that he's in modern family, because I don't want to like ruin anything for you. The fact that he's in modern family and the fact that he passed away recently and the fact that modern family ended recently it's all mm. just very it 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 feels like that show ended he, for him in a way he's had a he's had a very wide ranging career he'd been in quite a lot of things like he was in spinal tap but he had a lot of guest appearances in a lot of shows um even i i'm just flicking through because i was curious about what else he'd done but he was also in an episode mm. of the ben stiller show just to bring that full circle uh, he was in roseanne for eight episodes he was in the new adventures of superman um diagnosis murder trapper john md the weird al show he was even in an episode of get smart that was one of the first roles of his career he was in an episode of two guys a girl in a pizza place sabrina the teenage witch uh he did a bit of voiceover work he was in mad about you austin powers the spy who shagged me as the mission commander um i oh, he was of course he was i'm trying to yeah we're, we're getting up to you know closer closer to now in here i love he was i loved oh, him course. in american pie the wedding when he played the father how funny was he oh my god and um he was um he was michelle's, michelle's dad, dad. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah and him just oh. having him and Eugene Levy in a cast together always made me smile. Mm. Um, he was in an episode of 70s show, of course. I do remember that. Uh, oh, and of course, Anchorman. Yes. Yep, yep, he was. Ed yes, Harkin. Uh, where are we? I oh, did a fair bit of Saturday Night Live over the years. Everybody Loves Raymond chicken little he was in one of the jimmy's uh, late night shows as a like regular correspondent not I'm not, not fallon i think, I think yes kimmel. definitely kimmel 
had to hear his last name. He was in Jimmy Kimmel's. That's right. I remember he was. He was in Back to You. I remember yeah. that. Ah, uh, yes, Back to You. I I was He's trying to think. There's another one that I. Yeah. Yeah, there was another one that I, I I knew, but I couldn't think of its its name. He was in Back to You. I'm I'm still flicking up. But he did a lot of Funny or Die parts, which makes a lot of sense after doing Anchorman, and then of course Anchorman Two. We're, we're getting uh, he was in. Close he to is now. in. He I think he finished playing his role in the first season of Space Force or the Netflix series, whatever. It, yes. Whatever it was oh, named. so is he? Yeah, is he Space in Space Force? Force? He's playing. Mm-hmm. By the look of it, he's playing Steve Carell's dad in it. Correct. Oh, that's. Yeah, he's playing. That's Fred really Nair. sad because I'm gonna. I really want to watch Space Force. I've been putting off watching it. It hasn't come out yet. Oh, I thought it was out. Oh, maybe it's just the trailer that I've seen bouncing around Netflix. Trailer. The trailer's okay. out. Yeah, it's coming out May May twenty nine, season one. Excellent. I'll I'll look forward to watching that. Yes. Oh. But yeah, that's, that's very sad, the loss of Fred Willard. But again, an illustrious career filled with some brilliant roles. And I think I'm going to have to dive into Modern Family as well. I, I've still never watched I it. I have watched it all. I love, I love that show. Yeah. yeah, look, I get that all sometimes right. it can be cheesy and there's certain things in it that I'm just like, ugh. But that's me with every show, so I can't really say. Um... Modern Family's great though. I'm enjoying it. I'm up to the second season now, and I'm, I'm really. There are there it. are some years later that you kind of get laggy, and then there's some stuff that happens sure. that gets completely disregarded, and you're just like, "But why did we have to go through that?" <laughs> um, yeah. But I think the final season is such a hit. Like every episode is just a hit. That I think it's well, well worth it. The, the ride is good, yeah. and, and I appreciate the arc of it. So I, I say if you're watching Modern Family and you get to a point where you're like, this is boring, I'm just going to tell you to hang in there. Yeah. Okay. Do that. That Definitely. I can do. Um, well, well on, on, on that note, I, I, look, we're at, we're at the point where we should get to our sick Kent of the week. We are indeed, so um, I think your your funny story may need to... Do you want to tell it, or do you want to bump it? It's up to you. No, we'll go next week, because I think next week should... should let's, let's bring it back a little bit to coronavirus, and this story is very fitting for next week, so I'll save it for next oh, week. Oh, actually, I've got right, some coronavirus funny stories too, so coronavirus. Well, well, hang on to that one, Bianca, and we'll do that for next week. Say that for next week. I think this is a much more fitting way to end, I guess. There you go. Yes. Um, our sick end of the week. Yes. For this week, Drew. Um, I, I, we do we have one? Do we have two? Do we do we give it to two? I'm I'm good either way. Let's do two. I agree. Um, yeah. Okay. In that in that case, then uh, Jerry Stiller and Fred Willard, you're gone. Will never be forgotten. You are our sick end of the week for Serenity this Serenity now. Mm. Uh, let us hope that they've both got it yep they both got it there's serenity now okay anyway um, that'll do for this week on the show Drew thank (laughs) you very much for being here because I did not get that at all Um, all I can think of now is the Festivus stick (laughs) 
an airing of grievances. <laughs> Drew, Drew and I are we, just going we, through all please? of the Seinfeld quotes flip. Yeah, can, can we please? <laughs> Phil would love the airing of grievances. Can we do Festivus this year, please? <laughs> I actually, you know what? If you guys do a Festivus episode, I'm in. A Festivus for the rest of us. It is the 23rd of December, Festivus. Lovely. Uh, Cool. We'll we'll post that into the diary then. Bianca, thank you very much for being with us, as always. Yes, thank you. Drew, thank you very much for being with us, as always. Thank you, Phil. Phil, thank you very much for being with us, as always. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, audience, for being with us, as always. Thank you, ball boys. Uh, Anyway, until next week, it is adieu and yeah. Thank you.